You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? First thing I'm going to do when I get back from space is eat some decent food. Where's my double down out, Jackson? You know how it is, man. They sell stuff on space eBay. How the hell does that work? Space bits, duh. Dude, you're pounding down the space food like there's no tomorrow, Mike. No kidding. When you podcast from space, all that space editing makes you... Hungry. What the hell's wrong with you, dude? What's the matter? I don't know. I'm just, I'm getting cramps. Face cramps? Uh, uh, Breathe deeply, okay? Uh, oh, God. It hurts so bad. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, my God. What is that? What the Fortress Maximus is that? This is because I didn't want to do your stupid alien podcast, isn't it? Hey guys, what's going on? This is Derek, Derek WC, rejoining you again for another exciting, in podcasting, no one can hear you scream podcast of aliens. We're going to be talking about the whole Aliens franchise tonight. And, of course, I'm joined today by some of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys, and let everybody know who's here for the Aliens podcast. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. This is Justin Grimlock, and I mostly come out at night. Mostly. And this is Tony Chainqual, and Prometheus doesn't fucking count! Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> End of podcast. Goodbye, guys. Have a good night. No, um, uh, we're, we're all still here. Um, we're actually going to be talking about all kinds of uh, stuff in the Alien franchise. Uh, I, I know we were discussing this before we started the show, but this is kind of a flying by the seat of our pants type podcast. But, I mean, it's kind of formatted in a way where we can talk about the films or the comics or, you know, toys and video games, anything like that that comes up kind of like our all-encompassing type podcast shows. But uh, we were kind of jonesing to talk about Aliens. I know I got the the Blu-ray set a while back, and I know Brian got that as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of different things we can talk about with the films. But I guess we should, you know, start from the beginning and uh, go into the whole 1979 Alien film with Sigourney Weaver. Um, I will. I will say, as far as I go, I well, me and you, you have similar background as far as we are the older members of the podcast. We we were we were alive. We were alive when that <laughs> I was alive out. in '79, barely born in December. <laughs> um, the thing I remember most about is is like <laughs> <laughs> there. It was actually probably one of the very first actual horror sci-fi movies because up to that point, 
you had your Star Wars, you had your Star Treks and stuff like that. You even had other attempts at sci-fi. But usually they didn't really go for the horror aspect. And Aliens was, well, not Aliens, but Alien was fucking scary. It was, yes. like, really yes, bad. it was. You know? And no, I, I, I remember the, the first time I ever saw Alien was uh, I, I was being watched by my uncle. And I guess, you know, my parents went out for a night on the town or something, probably went out to dinner and a show or something like that. And my uncle was babysitting me. I was probably five years old. So by that point, you know, it had, it had aired on, you know, it, it had aired in the movie theater for a while. But, you know, it had been a couple of years. And, and I guess, you know, it was on, you know, my uncle's cable channel or whatever. And so all I see is a bunch of people on a spaceship. And me, I love Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and all that stuff. So I'm sitting there kind of going, yeah, man, this is awesome. There's going to be people on a spaceship. And yeah, there's going to be spaceships and everything. Yeah, yeah spaceships. And then all of a sudden it gets to the dining room table scene, and I was like, oh, my fucking God! <laughs> like, uh, it was just like after that, like, and what was funny was it was like, you know, my uncle's just like, all right, I'm going to bed, like, see you tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> you, can, you know, watch this, and the lights are out, and I'm just watching it in the dark by myself, and I was just kind of like, is she going to get out of this? Like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? You know, so, like, I was totally gripped and everything, and, of course, I think that's kind of the, I mean, obviously not everybody was five years old when they watched it, but I think a lot of people have a kind of similar uh, track record. The thing about it was is that really added to it was when Ridley Scott directed that one, he really went for a claustrophobic feel. Like, it was a big-ass ship, but all the shots were really tight, and everything seemed very confined, so it seemed a lot more scary. Yeah, like some of the stuff they talk about on the commentary was how they purposely were kind of following people around with the camera and then getting closer on them, almost like... You know, kind of in a, in, you know, obviously it was done, you know, in a filmic way, you know, but the cinematography was done in such a way that, that people felt like they were almost being stalked, you know, in a certain way. And any minute, you know, somebody could creep up behind them, you know, like the alien, so. Yeah. Well, Brian, you did say you were, you were young enough to remember it. Did, did you enjoy Alien? You were, you were, you were. Better version? Um, I just said I was born in like. 79 so i don't you were gestating yeah you were you were, you were, you were ready to pop out of the brian brian was ready to pop out and go i remember oftentimes when the commercial would come on my mother's heart rate would increase and <laughs> no um I, I think i was probably like mid-teens before i saw it but i mean man what a great film you know i mean it's a it's a like style of film that i've continued to like you know, since seeing it, you know, that gritty kind of realistic sci-fi. I really enjoy that setting. And, uh, you know, Ridley Scott has a lot of, like, like fanboys, cultish love with some of his other films, like Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, you know. Um, but, I I mean, I think Blade Runner's okay, but it, it doesn't hold a candle to Alien. Like, Alien's amazing. I love that movie. No, I'm just I, I I I do like Blade Runner, but I think Alien is is another one of those films that like totally holds up. Like I I don't think I ever get tired of watching it. Right. If that makes any yeah, sense. I like the fact that Ripley is not a hero in that one. I mean, she's she does hero hero hero. She saves the cat, dude. Come on. No, but but the thing about it is like the main thing is she's a survivor. She like makes it. That's the only thing that defines her. She's like she's willing to do whatever she does, but she she survives. She doesn't win. Right. You know? And I think that's, like, a really big thing, you know? It's like, a lot of, like, these little teen movies with the slashers and all that, they're like, uh, I beat Jason, and now I'm going to go, like, 
marry my man of my dreams, and then, like, in ten years we'll do a sequel. But, like, Ripley gets fucked up throughout the whole series. I, I have a pet peeve with, like, the whole Alien series, and even through Prometheus, this, like, occurred. Um, so I kind of wanted to bounce it off you guys and see if it bothered you, too. Like, I love I love most of the, like, Alien. I love Aliens. Um, Alien 3 we can forget about. But um, <laughs> the one thing that bothers me in these films is, like, I don't, I don't understand how the aliens grow so much, you know, you know with, like, so like, little food. And, like, especially in Prometheus, when that um, that lady, like, cuts that octopus-looking monster out, out of her body, like, it's left in that room, and then the next time you see it, it's, like, the size of a Buick, you know? Well, see, that that's interesting, because, I mean, I guess this is going to go into Tony's commentary about, you know, how uh, Prometheus didn't happen or whatever. But um, I, I remember reading treatments of original drafts and things. And and I think in that original draft, I think what was supposed to happen was that was actually supposed to be a chest burster in uh, Naomi What's-Her-Face's stomach, not, you know, I don't know, whatever that was, the yeah, face there's, hugger there's or the little black goo yeah, and stuff like, like that. that. And so originally, I think the original concept was, well, if we made a fifth Alien movie, what would be different about it? And they were like, oh, well, we've never seen a scene where somebody survived having a chest burster inside them. So they're like, let's do that. And that was the genesis. That was the whole Larry pitch meeting where they're like, Larry! what are you going to do for me in a new alien film? And they're like, well, Larry, how about we, you know, we, we do a scene where somebody actually lives through the chest burster machine. How would you do that? Describe... We make it a stomach burster. <laughs> well, th- no, they, they basically, they, 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 you know, pitch that whole operating table thing. And Larry's like, this is great. Like, let's green light it. Let's do it. And as they kept, working on it and then they eventually got Ridley Scott attached and all this other stuff you know and then I guess they brought on the guy from Lost like they started slowly moving more and more away from it being like an alien sequel to it being an alien prequel and then by the time it finally came out it was almost like they wanted to disown having any connection to the franchise in a certain way so then by that point it was like well no it's not they're not going to be any aliens in this movie so it seems like every time you see some kind of egg or alien reference or whatever it's it's like kind of changed because it's like oh well they don't actually you know find you know the the real chest bursters these aren't my father's aliens uh (laughs) they're definitely not any aliens that you know at all like they're 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 some other thing like you know and then i guess big angel motherfucking looking guys yeah well, well, but even even when that remember when the two scientists that are all on weed that are supposed to be like super hip and cool like go run around and get lost in the cave even though they have like maps and maps and maps in their head like and go in the complete wrong direction. Well, when they find that one, whatever it is, the thing from the trash compactor in Star Wars, and he's like, "Hey, baby, what's going on, baby?" Like he's gonna make out with it, like it's a lobster or something, and then and then the thing actually starts attacking his arm. Like, I don't think that was supposed to be whatever that was. You know, that was probably supposed to be another face hugger or chest burster or something. You know what I mean? And, and there were supposed to be other aliens in that original draft. But as it kept getting different permutations, I think it, it changed and evolved along the way. But, um, I mean, I guess to answer your question, like, does the, the growth of aliens bother me? Well, in Prometheus it does because it seems like it happened so fast. Like, I think in that original draft the idea was – the chestburster came out, and it was supposed to be like she was uh, – and this may still not gel with your point of view, but I think the idea was it was supposed to be like she was 
she was out for, you know, you know, surgery or something like that. Like basically she, she got the, the chest burster off her and then it was supposed to be like, you know, hours and hours later or something like that. Whereas I don't know in the, in the film, it seemed like it happened like really quickly. Like all of a sudden it jumped out and then, you know, in the next few minutes it was like huge. Mm-hmm. Or even when that xenomorph busts out of the engineer at the end of the film and the, you know, the little cameo or whatever it is, it seems like it just kind of almost bursted out fully grown, like almost, Yeah. you know, but, but I, I would say, like, in certain cases, I think whatever the gestation period is, like, I, I think in, like, the original films, I don't know that it was necessarily based on food. Like, I think it's more like a kind of like Venom is a symbiote in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think once the egg is, you know, once the chestburster drops the egg inside the person, like, that person gave it all its nutrients and grown-upness and yeah. De- that, like that's kind of how I always took it. Like where it's like it uses all that stuff. Kind of like if it's if a person's a coke can and you dump a, a you know chestburster egg inside it, you know it drinks all the coke and then you're just left with an empty coke can and it pops out of the coke can. So I always kind of took it at you know hey it got all the you know got all the caffeiney goodness that it needed you know so that's why it's kind of. You know, eventually grown up. And I also kind of, kind of took, like the whole idea that like they always said they're going on a bug hunt, and aliens, aliens don't like bugs. But the thing is, is like I think the reason they kind of associate them with bugs is because just like bugs, they infest. They have a hive. They have a queen, and I think they actually have an accelerated growth rate. Yeah, yeah. It goes from like a cat to like eight foot monster in two days or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always looked at it as a bioorganic form of mass displacement. I mean, you guys should be familiar with that concept. Roll out. I'm curious, yeah, if it ever been really like explored in any fiction or not. But I know it was just a minor nitpick. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's people who have discussions about it. I mean, there's all kinds of different wikis and blogs and stuff about aliens, but, like, off the top of my head, like, I'm not expert enough to know that in novel, you know, XYZ, they discuss the, the gestation period of, of what have you. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, obviously we haven't asked you, Justin, what do you think about the uh, original Alien movie? Um, my story is kind of similar to Derek's. Like, I, you know, watched it at a very young age, and... It was one of the few movies growing up that actually scared me. Like, I, I'm an 80s kid, and, I, you know, I've said this before, like, you know, 80s horror icons like Freddy or Jason, like, they didn't scare me. Like, I wasn't ever afraid of them, but I was afraid of, like, the Wolfman and Dracula. Like, those were legitimate fears. But then when I watched <laughs> Alien, I was like, oh, man, like, what if I, like, eat something I don't like? And, like it just got real, right? <laughs> yeah, like... Like, what, what if one day, like, I ate something and I get a really bad stomach ache and something, like, bursts out of me? Like, that was a legitimate fear for a long time as a little kid. Like, it really did scare me. You know, I will, well, say, I mean, I will say one thing. Uh, even though uh, it was a late 70s, 70s flick, flick, and, yeah, 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 and I know they raised the bar and everything, but even though it was a guy in a rubber costume, the alien in Alien was really fucking scary. That was great costume work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did a great did. job. Just hiding the fact that it's a you know rubber suited dude, you know just with yeah, well, the camera I mean, the way lighting the, all that. Yeah, the camera angles, the lighting, the way the actor moved mm-hmm. and everything, and how they had him positioned and stuff. Like right. he didn't, you know, on camera he did not look like 
uh, a guy in a suit. Whereas if you look at, you know, some of the kind of, um, you know, behind the scenes videos, you're kind of like, oh, look, it's the, you know, it's the big African guy who's like eight feet tall and he, he's a basketball player and he's in a suit, you know, but the way they shot it, it, it just was pretty brilliant. So. Mm-hmm. I also remember being like very afraid something bad was going to happen to that cat. Like, like I always liked cats as a little kid and I had like, you know, dozens of cats running around my house. So I was like, man, if something happens to this cat, I know I'm going to cry. See, and that's that's another reason why uh, we can discount yeah. Alien 3, because eventually yep. Jonesy and then everyone else who you actually like is pretty much, much dog food after that, right? Did they take Jonesy? How does they get... Well, Joan... Oh, like, maybe Jonesy was like left. A she, she left him back right? on Earth, right? Yeah. Aliens. He stayed behind. Him. Well, the cat may well, be the he's... only survivor, really. <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the, I'm sure the cat didn't survive because he was put in cryo-freeze. He's probably like back on that space station with a little cat skeleton or whatever. <laughs> well, like ten years into it, and the cat's like, "Fuck you, Ripley." <laughs> so I, I was going to ask this because this is something that you guys may or may not know um, because it's a, a comic-related thing, but it's kind of of my and Tony's age. They actually made a, uh, a heavy metal adaptation of the original film, and it was drawn by Walt Simonson. So, and that was kind of cool. So, I mean, all I thought that might all be something All I say about that is it was okay. I, I appreciate it, but, like, I did miss me some H.R. Uh, Geiger, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like they were going to get Geiger to do a comic book. I know, I know. I just thought that was kind of cool. If you're if you're a fan of uh, Walt Simonson's, oh, art, it was definitely good for what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something fun to look at where you're like, hey, this is cool. Like, I mean, because let's be honest, well, most movie adaptations are usually not drawn by, you know, I don't know. It seems like to me it was always like, you know, if you got a top tier artist, you know, to draw something. Like, I remember being excited that like Jerry Ordway did the. 89 Batman adaptation, because I was like, whoa, like, it's like a good, you know, top-tier artist, you know, whereas, yeah, like, you yeah. those things, you're like, this is awesome, instead of, like, you know, it's like, hi, this is Nandy Pawtucket, who did the art for, you know, the Superman 4 movie adaptation, yeah, or whatever. Like, uh, like, Dark what? Crystal had an adaptation by Marvel. You're not going to get Lucasfilm to, like, you know, have their storyboard artist to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of cool thing to mention. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. You admire it. I admire its purity. Yeah, and then I guess I I, I think with, uh, you know, I, I, I remember... You know, again, being alive um, in like, you know, in, in the 80s. I'm glad you remember uh, that. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, like, I, I remember like going to the movies like in the summer and Aliens was like one of the big giant summer movies. And I just remember having a distinct impression of going to that theater and watching the movie for the first time. Dude, and it was just I was, like, I was more like scared. whoa, that was. I was more scared by Aliens than Alien because the fucking S said there's going to be more of those motherfuckers. I didn't watch that movie for a year. Hmm. No, I I remember going to see it in the theater, but I just, I remember thinking it was great. I mean, it's definitely one of those, you know, I know, I guess maybe it's popular now to uh, kind of bag on James Cameron or what have you, but like a lot of his early science fiction movies, whether it's The Terminator or, uh, 
or Aliens, man, I mean, Aliens is just a great, phenomenal fucking movie. It's, 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 it's like movie, all you know? practical shit. I mean, it was all practical effects. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely a different Definitely. approach, you know. Um, um, just, you know, more action-y. Let's actually fight the aliens, kick some butt. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's definitely proactive. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember what show we were talking about it too, but I think we mentioned on there that it's just a neat, like, you know, what a twist that Bishop isn't an evil android at the end. You know, yeah, he actually yeah. like turns out to be good, and yeah. with so much like sci-fi and stuff, that's like uncommon for that to happen. You're used to seeing the computer be evil or the cyborg be evil, but this is an instant where it's the opposite, and that's refreshing. Yeah, because I guess in the original day, and see, that's another thing that's interesting about the original movies, because you can see, like, I guess the the guy who wrote the original screenplay for Alien, uh, Dan S. O'Bannon, he, he, was, he seems to be very adamant about in all the special interviews and things like that. He's kind of like, we did not write that sequence where Bishop, or not Bishop, um, Rook. Rook. Uh, what's his the, yeah, Ash goes, yeah. goes crazy at everything and, and, and basically tries to stuff a, a Playboy magazine down uh, Ripley's throat or whatever. And it seemed like that was something that was added in later drafts and, and, and you know, maybe the director and the actors all got off on some weird, you know. What's funny to me is, like, I, I was listening to all the commentary and it's kind of like, I guess that never occurred to me. I just thought the robot went crazy and wanted to kill her. But, you know, they're kind of going off about, yes, uh, he's a robot, so maybe he doesn't have equipment down there, and uh, he totally wants to, you know, uh, uh, you know, empower himself over Ripley and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm just kind of like, what? Oh, like, the fuck out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like, I, I thought that was strange, but I guess that's a valid, you know, interpretation of, of w- whatever sort of craziness occurred there. But I guess back to your point, it's like it, that was already kind of stuck in your head that these androids were bad news. So it definitely was a, a good twist. And it, it seems like they try to play on that idea. You know, I guess the, the, the longer you get into, I guess, science fiction history, you know, you've got your, you know, Mr. Data's on Star Trek or what have you, you know, these kind of Pinocchio-style android people who want to learn what it's like to be human and stuff like that. And I was thinking about it in terms of even the Dark Horse comic series. It's like Newt hooks up with one of those android people, but she doesn't know... He is an android until it's revealed like later on. So it's like another like what we were totally like getting it on, but you're an android and stuff like that. And 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 it seems like that also carries over even to Prometheus with uh, with David character. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, actually, the thing I like about Aliens the most is, like I said again, Derek would probably recognize this fact. This is kind of in the time frame where the blockbuster really came into focus. Yeah, no, it, it totally felt like like you were there for like, I, I mean, I feel like it was almost like the first big summer blockbuster. I mean, I'm probably wrong. It's obviously like, you know, Star Wars and all these other movies were a blockbuster before, but I, I, I remember thinking like just, Maybe I was finally of that age where I was probably like, I don't know, like eight or nine or I don't know how old I was, but that you could kind of feel it, like mm-hmm. acknowledge it. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, like, like, it, it, Alien was a small movie. Aliens was a huge movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I love it. Also, also, I guess I guess it's worth mentioning. I mean, I know. I know I go on and on about Starfire and this and that and the other thing, but I, I guess a lot of my distaste for Alien 3 comes from this, too, is to me... Aliens was a legitimately empowering vehicle for women, oh, just hell in yeah. general. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Ripley, you know, Sigourney Weaver, you know, uh, you know, however even, she is in real life, it doesn't even matter. But, but she's, she, you know, the character she played was, you know, an action hero. You know, it was, it, you know, she took charge, you know, and, and, and the fact that she sort of faced her fears and goes back and saves this girl and, you know, the whole sort of enchilada of the very simple, basic and, kind of tenets of, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, well, I'm just, you know, all no, those no, things. I mean, it's like, not a bad thing at all. It's kind of cool, you know. It's like the guy's like, oh, I'm all fucked up. You got to fight. She's fight. like, oh, yeah, I will, you know. Well, you know, and then, and then, of course, everybody loves it when she comes back in in the, the you know, mobile, like, lifter suit and beats the yeah. shit out of the queen. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like the best thing ever. So. Yeah. yeah. Get away from her, you bitch! In Alien, you know, we saw the alien, and we're like, oh, shit, that's really fucking scary. And then in Aliens, we see the queen alien, and we're like, holy double fucking shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh damn, how did, could they top that? They fucking just topped it, you know? So um, I'm curious, I guess. I'm, I might take a little sidetrack with this, but uh, I guess my question would be to you guys. Have you guys seen, like, like those kind of extra scenes in the original Alien, like where, uh, you know, uh, they have uh, uh, Dallas, and they, he's still, like, strung up? And, yeah. and uh, stuck, stuck to the wall, and she finds all those eggs and different things like, like that, and she kind of sets them on fire. Like, what, what, did that kind of blow your mind when you saw that? Whereas, I guess, you know, seeing it in the theater and kind of in a very linear fashion, we went from, you know, 79 Alien and then Aliens, and you're thinking, oh, well, now James Cameron revealed there's a queen, and this is how they propagate. And so that's kind of stuck in your brain. But you're like, wow, way back then, it seemed like that lone little alien it didn't matter whether he was a queen or what he was gonna start you know sort of propagating more stuff you know just all on his own on the ship like did that kind of mess with your head or or do you just kind of take it as oh well it was some idea they had but i'm glad it never came to fruition because we got a bunch of other good stuff out of it i'll let everybody speak first because i have an idea so go ahead brian okay yeah mine will be short because honestly the only part that i remember from that scene is like dallas being strung up and like you know asking her to kill him and like I don't even remember that there were eggs and whatever. So <laughs> yeah, it just it just seemed like that 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 his concept was he was you know at least Ridley Scott's concept was that the, that he was kind of running around infesting the ship like he kept him alive so that he could propagate another you know like basically it, it's kind of like that scene in, in Cameron's Aliens where they find the guy strapped up and he's like kill me please kill me you know before the chestburster comes out so I always thought it was like a similar scene in that sense but but you know obviously the intent was was slightly altered yeah you know, i think i was probably think was busy munching popcorn at that time and i didn't think yeah, too yeah. deeply about it last time i watched it yeah i'm like i'm like well that's where i was going to go off real quick is like unlike aliens where they do kind of set up where you know we were going to have the further adventures of ripley alien really did end kind of on like a you know definite note you're like like Ripley escaped. She's fucked. Probably not going to get picked up. She does get picked up like 56 years later or some shit like that. And, you know, it, it has a definite end. And it's not like Star Wars where Darth Vader goes flying off in a TIE fighter. It's not like Star Trek where the whole crew's fine and they're like, next voyage, Bones. You know, it's like, it does have a definite end. And that's why I like about Aliens so much is that they picked up on small things and we're able to make a linear sequel. I think that's why Aliens 3 sucks so much, because it's like, 
really? You went with that? And like, Alien, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could probably bitch about Alien 3 for, you know, days or whatever, but I'm, I'm curious what Justin thought. Like, did you see that that one sequence or not, just staying on track, like, or did you yeah, have any I've, thoughts about that? I've seen that, like, that's one of those things that's like, I kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to take stuff like that sometimes. It's like, I kind of view that the same way I view the multiple versions of Blade Runner. It's like, you can kind right. of choose your own adventure. It's like, yeah. which <laughs> version which version of Blade Runner do you like? And you're like, well, I like this one, but I also like parts of this other one. It's like, I just kind of view it as, you can disregard it as like a deleted scene that was added, or you can be like, yeah, yeah, well, that's just, definitely how I it's just, sort of view it. It's just an idea that didn't come to fruition, or you can just be like, well... You know, you, you could probably devote like a whole novel or comic to it and be like, "Well, this one alien was totally a mutant, and he had extra <laughs> yeah, chromosomes." Yeah. You mean it, it sounds like something uh, something John Byrne would write? You know, like it's like this is this is why the alien robbed Uncle Ben at gunpoint, and <laughs> you know, went to the uh, went to the basement or whatever, and buried some treasure in Aunt May's uh, Queen's apartment. <laughs> it's like. Um, but yeah, great, no, that's totally oh, cool. great responsibility. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, go ahead, Justin. I will say, like, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier this week, and he asked me what we were going to talk about on the show, and I mentioned all the Aliens films, and we kind of got into this debate about which film is ba- better, Alien or Aliens, and he he was totally adamant that Alien was the better film, and I, I took the position, it's like, it's hard to compare Alien to Aliens because they're so different. You know, I, yeah. I kind of told him I was like, it's, tr- it's like trying to compare Tim Burton's Batman to '60s Adam West Batman. It's like there, there are similarities, but they're so different. It's hard to like, yeah, compare yeah. them. I was like, I mean, Alien is a great film. I think it's a great horror suspense film, and Aliens is, like, for me, it's my favorite action movie. Like, I think it's even better than Terminator Two. So yeah. I was just like. He was kind of like taking issue. He was like, "Man, there's no way Aliens is better than Alien." And I'm like, "Well, here's what I think." And we just couldn't like come to terms with that. I, I would say it's almost like judging Journey to the Center of the Earth to uh, Jurassic Park. It's two different things. Yeah, they both have dinosaurs, but one's like you know, oh, this is amazing. This is a weird like, like dinosaur journey. And Jurassic Park is like, oh shit, people are trying to kill us. You know, it's an action movie. Yeah, that's just apples and oranges. Uh, yeah, I think I think even the motivations are kind of apples and oranges. I mean, you you have somebody who I think has a more uh, a less selfish arc in in Aliens than you do in Alien. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying like it's like selfish of Ripley to not want to get eaten in the head or whatever by the alien. But, you know, it's like, obviously, in that sense, like, they're they're trying to save everybody. But when it comes down to it, you, like Tony was saying, it's a film about survival, you know, whereas I think, you know, Aliens is more, uh, you know, it's like she's, she's looking out for Newt. She's, you know, looking out for Hicks. Like, there's this kind of almost motherly, protective kind of mama bear thing going on that's a little different in terms of, I guess, characters and stuff. And I, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I, I think if I, even back when I was uh, younger and even now, I'd probably instinctively just say Aliens first, even though I totally appreciate Alien. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad film, 
Um, I think it's I think they're both great. But I, I think if you like twisted my arm and said you have to pick one of them, like which one is better? Like I think I'd just pick Aliens, you know, because I mean you've got all kinds of other. I mean I know there's lots of great actors in the first film, but man, I love Bill Paxton. You know? I, I love I love Michael Bean. Like I mean they're all great. You know, uh, awesome I, actors I, in that. Love, Even Paul Reiser is the greatest portrayal of a Marine ever. <laughs> you know. I love Velasquez. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, for, just for for those guys too. You know, Lance Hendrickson and Paul Reiser and all those guys. I mean, those guys were great as well. You know, and of course, I don't, I don't think. And maybe this might be my proving point for 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 Justin's defense is I don't think I ever run around quoting Alien very much, <laughs> but man, do I go around being like Game Over, man, Game Over, you know, and all that kind of or, stuff. Or, so. You haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just yeah, got our ass. Our- <laughs> Get your ass off, you you bitch. Yeah. Be like. I affirmative, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, all that stuff like that just sticks in your brain is like it's genius. Morbid. It's not it's like the only way to be yeah. sure. Yeah, all all, all that. that stuff. It's like it's just stuck in your head, you know. So, uh, Derek, I mean, if I, I if I had to pick one, I'd pick aliens. Derek, can I ask you a, a favor? Yeah. You are the host, and I respect your position as the host of this podcast. But but do we really have to talk about Alien Three? <laughs> I know it's coming up. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. It is coming up. Um, oh, God. All, all, all I want to do is insert the fact that, like I usually do, um, I read a lot of the Dark Horse comics um, because I was pretty into Aliens. I don't know uh, what you guys did. You know, I know Brian says he doesn't have that many uh, that much familiarity with some of the comic series and everything. But uh, I guess in between when Alien 3 came out, which I think was like 1993, I don't know. But it was like it was it was a while like it was kind of almost a you know semi dead franchise for you know I mean at least in terms of movies like it hadn't had a new movie in a while you know and people were trying to convince Sigourney Weaver to come back and she didn't want to come back and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, what I will say is watching the film like rewatching Alien Three when I got this Blu-ray set was not at all interesting or informative or anything. <laughs> like I don't really I don't really care for the film. But what I will say is. Watching all the special features about it is very informative. I mean, if you want to seriously know, I know I joke about it all the time with the whole Larry thing and the executive process, process, how how films actually get made in Hollywood and how fucked up the process is. Like, watching watching all that that stuff, it's very interesting. I mean, you you, you read about or or, or watch in in all these, like, behind-the-scenes features about how the original script was going to be a planet made of wood. Like literally, that was what? the idea, and, aliens, and they were going to have it was gonna be, it was going to be a planet made of wood, and inside the wood there was going to be this whole different society of monks. And the only thing that was salvaged, kind of just like how Batman Five was going to be called Batman Triumphant, and they were going to have the Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. And then they kept changing the script and changing the script, and eventually it became Batman Begins. But you know what stayed was Scarecrow. Like the whole way through that whole executive process, <laughs> right? And 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 that whole scene where Scarecrow like knocks Batman out of the uh, the apartment building and he has the fear gas snuff, like that was always in the script hmm. from from way back when it was going to be like Jack Nicholson's uh, girlfriend was Harley Quinn or something, and she was going to avenge his death or something stupid, right? So in this original treatment, 
there were always going to be like bald monks. But somehow it changed and changed, right? So they're like, well, you know what? We can't afford this wooden planet. And none of the execs, all the Larrys were like, we don't understand. Like, what do you what do you mean a planet made of wood? Like, what is going on here? We don't understand. Like, what happens exactly? They they come up out of the planet and then they look through the clouds, but then they can breathe, but they're looking at space. You know, they're they're like they 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 didn't. It was like it was total like kind of artistic. Like you know, it was this very artistic vision or whatever. And 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 it was kind of like they just didn't comprehend it and i don't even know that it would fit in the alien universe but it was just interesting listening to all this stuff because eventually it gets to the point where those monks were supposed to be like benevolent kind of you know like they just had never you know they they had never encountered a woman and they were you know purposely staying away from from that and they were trying to create that kind of sense of conflict oh, where unlike the prometheus yeah yeah, well, Ripley lands on that wooden planet, and all this stuff happens. But then eventually it changed because they couldn't afford the wooden planet one, so it changed because of you know budget and all this kind of stuff. And then also it was because of concept, and it was like this thing that was like supposedly too high concept, and so they they ditched it, and it turned into a prison planet, and then it turned into prisoners, and then it turned into bald prisoners because the only thing that stayed, just like the scarecrow was the idea of bald men versus Sigourney Weaver. Do you know what I mean? So it's like they're that. Like, they're like, Charles F. Dutton doesn't want to shave his head. <laughs> I, I just think I just think that illustrates, see, and that's what's a shame, too, cause, because I, I hate Alien 3, but, man, Charles S. Dutton is a great actor, so I will go to bathroom, yeah, no, but actually, it's like actually, it's sad Eric, that he's I will, in it. I'll get your back uh, right now. At, if that story was just about Charles S. Dutton, I would have been totally in the movie. I forgot <laughs> about Ripley at one point. I was like, Charles S. Dutton, fucking be Ripley in this movie. Yeah, he uh, he's a great actor, but it's just it, that movie is like not. Yeah, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I mean, I, I I think Wooded I think planet? yes, a planet made of wood. Well, well, even besides that, I guess getting back to the whole comics thing, you know, the the Dark Horse comics continued where Aliens left off, so it followed the adventures, the continuing adventures yeah, in what, comics what called Earth War with Newt and her little, like you said, uh, android buddy. Yeah, well, Newt, Newt was in the comics, and then also Hicks was in the comics. Oh. And so for about three miniseries, you followed the adventures of Newt and Hicks, and then by the time they get to the third miniseries, which is called Earth Wars, that was drawn by Sam Keith, um, Ripley comes back, and nice. uh, then she's going to you know help them all out, and you know the aliens were infesting Earth. And it's like one of those things where like you had never really seen aliens on Earth, and so it was kind of like, whoa, like they're on Earth and all this kind of stuff. And I, I thought it was pretty interesting. But see, when Alien 3 came out, the first thing they did was basically murder all those characters. And, and that's one of the more sadder things in watching all the sort of special commentary and features was watching Michael Bean talk about that. Yeah. You know, how basically they were trying to get to pay him to use his likeness so they could make a, you know, a dead dummy that they you know, execute on camera, and he's just like, no, you can't use my face, but, you know, pay me for my likeness, you know, that little shot of his face in the film or whatever it was. But, yeah, you could tell he was he was a little upset because they had done all this work with Cameron, and, you know, he, he was kind of saying how they kind of set him up as, you know, the father in this three-unit family where Sigourney was the mother and, and Newt was the daughter. And, and even though it probably wasn't exactly maybe what he was thinking of, and even if they had gone that route with Alien 3, it would have been probably different from the Dark Horse comics, 
you, you were heavily invested in those characters, and for them to be abruptly kind of wiped out, like, it, it definitely well, I, I think took that's, away I think that's, any, any interest I had in the film. I think that's a problem with it, though, is because, like, Alien started with, like, one alien, and you have this kind of small, like I say, claustrophobic story. You go to Aliens, and it's, like, a little bit of a bigger story, but still on one planet, and you still have this set, you know, objectives that we have to accomplish. And then after that, we're like, oh, my God, what could happen after this? Yeah. And then yeah. Alien, well, it's hard, Alien it's hard to escalate. It small again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they instead of trying to go even bigger than James Cameron, they just decided to, quote, unquote, go back to basics, you know, quote, unquote. But I, I don't know that that was very successful, you know. Like, I, I, I think, you know, they, they still tried to go with the – the idea of like something high concept but i don't think it i it just never worked for me like I, I was never into it and and i think going back to the whole idea that if ripley's character is to me a legitimate representation of empowered womanhood you know whether it be motherhood or feminism or whatever you want to call it you know seeing her die, die like just kind of was like well it's like taking, you know, whatever whatever represents your ideal, you know. It's like it's like if if uh, you know black kids across the world love Luke Cage, and then you did two really awesome movies with him, and then a third movie where he just got killed like a punk, you know. It's like how empowering does that continue to be, you know? And and I felt the way about Ripley, you know, that long death scene. It was just like okay, quit. Now I don't even care about her, you know. It's like I actually groaned. Yeah, it's like, the CGI is so bad. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> well, it's funny how how like they 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 were trying to like because there's so many different scripts of Alien Three, and then there's so many different like cuts and scenes and stuff. Like it, it just feels like one of those movies that was kind of, you know, y- y- there's so many hands and fingerprints on it. It's like it's gonna look bad. It's kind of like if you pass a DVD case around and open up the DVD and then I put my fingerprints on the back and you guys all put the fingerprints on the back mm-hmm. and then you look at the case and it's like, oh, you can already tell. Like, look at how many cooks were in the kitchen. Like, it just yeah. it, it just didn't come off very well. Can, so. can I ask Justin a question, though? I have to ask you, Justin. What do you think about the dog alien? Um, I don't think much about it at all. Like, I don't think there's any <laughs> redeeming value in Alien 3 at all. Yeah, I was just kind of disappointed because after that point... Then the Dark Horse comics, again, which I've always bitched about, had to retroactively change. So what they did was any trade paperbacks and and reprints of those original comics where they had Newt and Hicks's name. Like, I would always joke about it with you guys on the show, but I'd say it'd be like Glute and Glicks would be their names. But actually, like, they, they changed Newt's name to Billy. And they changed Hicks' name Sparkle. to uh, Wilts. <laughs> Sparkle. Sparkle. <laughs> the Wilts or something. So, you know, yeah, I know. It's like, Sparkle. Um, you know, Michael. Um, I have a question for you, Derek. In watching, like, all this uh, behind-the-scene crap, like, I've always wondered why Sigourney Weaver chose to come back for Alien 3 when it turned out so horrible. Was there ever a point where there was, like, a really good script, and she's like, oh, I'll totally sign on for this, and then they just See, did, like, a bait-and-switch and screwed her? No, I... This is this is what is unfortunate, is is when you do watch behind-the-scenes stuff, you start to learn more about the actual person, you know? And, and it it's, like, day? it's very... It's very revealing, because I think, you know, in the original 
Alien, even way back when, okay? Now, this is going to lead into Alien Resurrection, so it'll be a nice transition here. But all the way back to the original Alien, you see interviews of Sigourney Weaver going, oh, yeah, we really we want to do a sex scene with the Alien. Again, back to this weird, freaky, kinky shit with Namor making out with Lobster. Oh, yeah. Hold on one second. Hold on one Sigourney second. was, was, was in... Did you say that she wanted to do a sex scene? Yes. See, okay. this is this is... She's she's always been wanting to do this. Like, ever since the first Alien, she's like, oh, the alien would be into me. Like, because she's like, the alien's staring at me and checking me out, and it doesn't know that it's going to bite me. I think, I think... my small titties and Well, because, because, you know, you know this, is the way, this is the way she interprets that scene where she's changing into the astronaut suit, you know, and she's in her underwear at the end of the movie. <laughs> and so she interprets it as, oh, she's the alien's oh, checking she's, me out. She did like a mating dance kind of thing. Or something, you know. It's like it's like that's how she interprets that. So I already think she's a little kooky just because of that. Like no, no, yeah. no offense, no, no offense attended or whatever. But I, you know, listening to the interviews and everything, I'm like, okay, that that's a little weird to me, you know. And so I'm like, okay, that's kind of kooky because she thinks like, yeah, me and Ripley and the alien that we want to get it on together. And so this whole time, you know, it's like, okay, then James Cameron shows up. And it's like, yeah, well, we're going to do a sequel, uh, uh, Sigourney. You know, we, we want you to be involved in the sequel, definitely. You know, we can't do the sequel without you. You are you are this franchise. Like, come back and do this thing. And she says, yeah, okay, James, I want to do it, but can I have a sex scene with the alien? And James Cameron's just kind of like... What the fuck is wrong with you? What? Yeah, pretty much, like, without w- being very polite. But, like, basically, so he shows her the script and convinces her and says, this is going to be great, you're going to be a mother figure and all this other stuff. And so it's like, obviously, to get her back, they had to pay her a boatload of money. And they did. And so she signed up, she did it, it was a great movie, and, you know, most of her kind of requests, like the really weird ones, they sort of supplemented with other things like, you know, money or different alternate requests like i think she really liked the relationship between newt and ripley and mm-hmm. and they definitely expanded on that and then the fact a huge penis. here's a flamethrower yeah <laughs> pretty much like like things like that probably happened and the fact that she was kind of probably the big alpha actor dog on set you know everybody was looking up to her you could tell like the relationship between her and all the different marines it was very much like oh you know sigourney's there you know, Bill Paxton has nothing but nice things to say about her, like all that kind of stuff. So you can tell, slam, like slam that. Around, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what, whatever, whatever it is, it is like, like there was a there was a good environment for her to to be involved in, and so some of those kind of kookier re- requests were sort of not acknowledged. And then I guess to answer Brian's question, then you come to Alien Three, and Sigourney Weaver was like turning down stuff left and right. Like I mean, seriously, like they were just like yeah, scripts yeah, were coming in. Girl money. <laughs> Well, because because at this point, she was the biggest name. Like like before, it was like Ridley Scott probably was was bigger, and she hadn't been famous. And then by the time she was famous, and James Cameron was doing it, well, James Cameron was still pretty big, and there were people that were you know at least in the executive level that could override some of her freakier kind of desires and wants. But I think by the time by the time you got that. Reference our time frame. This is before like Julia Roberts and shit. So Sigourney Weaver actually did have some pull. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she was probably one of the highest paid women actors in Hollywood at the time. 
you know? And so, so by Alien 3, like, she's turning down all these scripts and everything, and you're thinking, well, you know, like, like you're saying, Brian, like, why would she go with this? You know, and it's like, I think it was one of those things where there were scripts approved and things that were signed off on, and I think she liked the idea of being on her own. And this is where, like, I... I kind of fell out of love with with her as a person, but still like the character Ripley, but hate Alien Three because I think a large reason of why and and, and they kind of can't acknowledge this on the commentary or or even the behind the scenes. Like Michael Bean won't be like, man, why Sigourney Weaver bump us off in out of the movies? Yeah, but Alien, I think, Aliens I think, was a, a big ensemble movie. Alien Three was a Sigourney movie. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I mean, it was a lot about ego. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of did she like the script or not, I think she didn't care about the script as long as it was about her. Yeah. Like, it was a very selfish kind of, to me, it seemed like, it was a very selfish kind of reasoning where it's like, well, it's all about me. Like, my friends, my girl, my man died and it's about everybody and i'm i'm i've got the queen in me and i'm sacrificing me and it it was just to me it was very me 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 type stuff whereas i thought if there there was was an an element element of womanhood womanhood and feminism in the aliens it was for for her you know an ensemble and and her entire cast and all that stuff whereas it was very centralized in the the third movie you know and it was all about you know oh look at all these men and they want to rape her and they want to do this and that and this and you know kind of weird weird stuff to me and um so that's the thing about daily i know i know i know this is kind of long-winded but just to just to finish the complete train of thought is i remember gorney wants to have sex with an alien right so they finally get to doing Alien Resurrection. And at this point, it's a Joss Whedon-written script, and he has no pull in the industry. He's just writing scripts and trying to get money for them. And they, they write this script. Sigourney kind of likes the script. They get this kind of wacky French director, and they're like, okay, we're going to do this, Sigourney. Are you into this? You're going to be, you know, cloned, and, you know, we figured out a way for you to come back and everything. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay, but can, can I have sex with an alien? And basically, you know that scene where she's like slithering around in Alien she, Resurrection. She touches the guy's face. Yeah, yeah. And 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 she's swimming in all the alien gunk and everything. That's, That's basically, basically what she wanted to do since like, 1979. Like, like and, and that, that by, by that, that point, she was basically the top alpha dog in that situation and could dictate, you know, at least that much where she finally basically like if if you listen to the Kevin Smith interview about, you know, the Joel Peters or whatever and doing his big robot spider and how eventually that robot spider found its way into the Wild Wild West movie, like and Sigourney Weaver having sex with an alien, that's the Wild Wild West spider of of the whole Aliens franchise. Does it grow? Very rapidly. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. Honestly, I'm not. I'm maybe probably the only person on this podcast. I actually like Resurrection. I like Call, and I'm a big, huge fan of like Ron Perlman. And they had a lot of good character beats in that. It was really well done as far as, like, if they were going to go small scale with, like, you know, oh, it's just this, 
I really enjoyed it. You know, it's like, I love the characters in that. Like, the guy in the fucking crippled wheelchair, the guy who was supposed to be a badass who got killed. Alien Resurrection was not the perfect alien movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I liked how it looked, and Joss Whedon really kind of put some shit in there that was really good. Did I like Sigourney being half alien? No, it was kind of lame. I don't know why the guy from the Tortellius who was, uh, you know, the guy from Cheers, uh, Carla's uh, husband, as the, you know, boss of the station, it was kind of, you know, a little bit lame, but, I mean, it had a really good style to it. I really liked how it played out. If it was like a standalone Aliens movie from the side, direct to DVD, loved it. As a big budget, like, continuation, yeah, I could see the flaws, you know? I've never actually seen it, so I don't have much comment. Oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Um, I I think, you know, given all I've said about Alien 3, like, like when I watched in the theater at the time, I, I didn't think they had anywhere to go but up. So I enjoyed watching it in the theater the first time I watched it. Um, I think there are some people, and, and even when I rewatched it, because I only watched it in the theater that one time, so I can't say I enjoyed the hell out of it so much that I constantly rewatched it. Like, when I would buy stuff on DVD, I made sure I bought Alien and Aliens on DVD, and I rewatched the hell out of those. But I was never very interested in Alien 3, because obviously, as we said, I didn't like it. And I wasn't too concerned about Resurrection. I mean, it was fine to watch the one time, kind of like what Tony says, kind of like, a, you know, it, it, it's a piece of entertainment, and you watched it, and then you kind of forget about it or whatever. Um, but rewatching it, I guess the the one part that always, even besides the, you know, Sigourney gets her sex scene with the alien, um, is... Uh, the way they did the hybrid, and I guess since Brian hasn't seen it, you know, oh no, it's a bad 40... special effect, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's like it's like you know, 20 year old spoilers or whatever it is, you know. But uh, you know, there's there's this character where they they merge the DNA. You know, they're trying to recreate Ripley, right? And and Ripley is a clone, but she's got some of the quote unquote aggressive. Characteristics of the alien DNA, the she xenomorph has black DNA. Fingernails, Derek. She's evil. <laughs> yeah, and 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 she can like you know cut her finger and and put saliva on a on a you know steel bar and it'll start to melt a little bit or whatever. But like so she's got some screwy powers and stuff like that. But they're trying to perfect her hybridism, and so they make this hybrid, and it's it's the weirdest thing. It's like this human-looking alien, you know, and, and it's this, this kind of creepy design, like, like almost like... It's like H.R. Bagger would have looked at it and been like, damn, that's fucked up. Well, it, it, it's just, it's odd because you're used to seeing the alien, but yet it's got human eyes and kind of a human-ish skull face to it, and but at the same time, you know, it's I, got... Actually, Derek, you're a big comic fan, too. Do you ever read Nexus? Yeah, I mean, I have, I know what Nexus is, but yeah, I, I guess I haven't. Yeah, like more dare from uh, Nexus. Okay. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. I mean, have you have you seen it, Justin? The the hybrid. Yes, um, I was going to say the original design for the hybrid. It was a hermaphrodite. Uh, yes. It had the penis and vagina. Like I'm, it's that <laughs> that whole that whole movie is so bizarre and disappointing. Like I remember being very excited to watch the movie, and. Like, I specifically still remember going to the movie rental store back when those were around and renting 
Alien Resurrection and Starship Troopers and getting a bunch of candy and having like a movie night. And I remember watching Starship Troopers first, and I was like, man, that was awesome, because I guess I was like at that right, you know, teenage age where I was like, yeah. Hey, man, you gotta, gotta love uh, Starship hey, Troopers. I got no hate for Starship Troopers, no problem with that. And then I was like, yeah, that was good, because, you know, people getting their heads exploded and naked chicks and stuff. And then I remember putting the VHS for Alien Resurrection, and I was like, wait, what? What's going on? Like, what? why is there, like, this weird, uh, like, special needs alien? Um, why is, why is it Ripley like, it acting like all... like City of Lost Children in Space. Like, why, why is Ripley, like, acting like... She's like some kind of bizarre, not Ripley thing. Like she's like I don't know. It's like she's like in heat or something, and it's just acting <laughs> weird that, to be weird. That's that, that's the thing. It's like one of those things where it, that became about her again. Where even though it was an ensemble yeah. cast, she got to stand out because she gets to do all this weird stuff. Because it's like I'm part alien now. So when I like tilt my head and do freaky odd, odd stuff, stuff, it's because I'm quote, quote acting, you know. And you're just kind of like okay. Like, she gets to, like, explore and have fun and do all this this kind of... kind of, like, pissed off at Winona Ryder whenever she came on, like, camera. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you never know. Like, the the one thing I'll say about about Alien Resurrection that I have mad, mad respect for is they they, they mentioned how Winona Ryder was very claustrophobic when it came to doing the underwater scenes because I guess she had almost almost drowned drowned at at some point. point. And and so she has this natural fear, but she had to go ahead. It could just be a bullshit PR story, you know, to get people on your side or whatever. But if I fell for it, you know, so be it. But they they basically kind of sell you on the idea that Winona Ryder's terrified of going underwater. But I think even if I hadn't had that experience, it's like obviously you're in this enclosed block and they've got to film you and they've got these divers on the side with like oxygen tanks ready to feed you oxygen and people obviously could not see underwater because there's all this garbage in it and shit and you know they they don't have yeah i mean it takes it takes days to shoot stuff like that i mean it probably took them like months to shoot that one underwater sequence and just to get a close-up it might take like three or four days you know so it's like they were going in that tank over, like, everybody who was in that scene, you know, you know whether I love the movie or not, I have mad uh, respect for that, because that must have been a grueling, grueling, grueling fucking shoot, you know. Well, 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 well Derek and uh, Brian, have you seen, you say that you haven't seen any Resurrection, right? No. Uh, well, Justin, Derek, would you say it's a better movie than Alien 3, I would hope, right? Yeah, uh, like I said, it, there's nowhere else to go but up. I mean, I definitely, if I was going to rank uh, just the four Alien movies, you know, I'd probably do Aliens, Alien, uh, Resurrection, and Three. I mean, that's probably how I would rank it. Prometheus last, hell yeah. <laughs> what? I, I don't even know that we were... I, I don't know that we were counting Prometheus, you know, like, I mean, there are things I find. I don't, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, there's things I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind talking about Prometheus a little bit. I mean, there's things I find very interesting about it. But at the same time, like I said, it does feel like, um, again, one of these kind of studio built movies where where funny stuff happened thanks to uh, Larry and his executive friends. It's you a know, very parody like movie. I'll give it that. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I'm, so, I'm, Justin, I'm just curious because because I know this has come up and and you know again I know we were talking about you know Newton Hicks getting eradicated from the uh, the comic verse and becoming Billy and Wilkes, but also in that first Alien miniseries, um, 
I guess what is now commonly referred to as an engineer uh, comes and saves them, them at the end of that first miniseries. Um, except for he actually looks like a snuffleupagus dude <laughs> in a space suit. Um, and he apparently communicates by telepathy and, you know, kind of has this kind of telepathic communication link with Newt, you know, where she sees that, uh, I guess he, the, the, the snuffleupagus engineer that, uh, comes back to, uh, you know, LV, you know, 427 or whatever, you know, he was the, the, I guess, uh, partner of the one that was dead in Aliens, you know, according to the, this comic miniseries. Would, would you mind a, and, a, a, a slight actor moment before Justin responds? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me do this real quick. Oh, Newt. What do you think of what's going on right now? <laughs> that was that was the telepathic communication link. Yeah. Um, the stuff of love guess. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But he, she... She basically, she basically gets the idea that that he hates the aliens because they killed his partner, and she's like, "Well, that she the this this entity she they think is is benevolent, benevolent because it saved them, you know." And but then the, the longer the link lasts, the more she realizes, well, she does he doesn't really care about humanity. Like he's probably going to wipe out um, humanity too and terraform the planet to be all cold and dismal, like LB two or seven was. Or whatever, uh, 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 whatever the fuck the stupid yeah. moon's name is, or whatever. But um, I, I just think that's interesting because I remember before Prometheus came out, I was just reading up on all the different times the quote-unquote space jockey had appeared and what this could possibly be. And of course, I think the last thing that was on everybody's mind is that it was like you know, just a dude in a, suit. a big buff white dude underneath. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody thought it was. You know, a dude in the suit per se. You well, know, I, like, I mean, so. you know, I mean, just before Justin says anything, in H.R. Geiger's Geiger, original uh, artistic, artistic concepts, concepts, it was a thing melded to the chair, like it was this like presence that was like you know incorporated and like was an organic part of the ship, but they changed that for the movie and. I agree. I want to see what Justin's had to say about that. I guess. I guess I was just curious. Like, did did that hurt your brain if you were reading like the old comics and watching Prometheus? Do you do you like that kind of stuff, or do you find it fascinating? Like, I think it's like anytime you have like you know a comic based on like a TV show or movie, you're going to get different interpretations. Like if it continues, like there's so many conflicting stories in Star Trek and Star Wars due to different novels and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that stuff's very interesting. It's it's always to me very interesting to see like how different writers approach different story problems or ideas. You know, like one one writer might may say like, Well, I'm coming back from my buddy's space jockey and I'm gonna help you destroy the aliens or whatever. But then, you know, twenty years later or whatever you get this <sighs> and it's kind of like not what you imagine, you know. Some, I think the thing is, it's like a lot of people kind of, maybe Tony included, revile Prometheus. I think one of the reasons it's like you've had, you know, all these years to build up the space jockeys or whatever in your mind, and it's been alluded to in different comics and books and whatever. So it's like, you know, hardly anything they put on screen is going to like 
satisfy you because it's been built up so much. Kind of yeah, like the Phantom yeah. Menace conundrum. Yeah, I, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I mean, going into episode one, nobody thought, what if it sucks? Like, what if it's just awful? <laughs> yeah. If you hadn't what seen, you, like, the Alien series beforehand, would you like Prometheus as a movie? I think I would, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm talking to Tony. I mean, I, I like oh. Prometheus, too, as it is, you know. Um, but, Tony, would you like it more if it wasn't, you know, connected <clears throat> in your mind? It's a very pretty movie. It's got great special effects. Um, honestly, one of my biggest problems is a lot of the uh, character interaction and how they deal with each other just doesn't hold true for the Alien movie. And because it's Ridley Scott, if it wasn't Ridley Scott, just like I give George Lucas shit for episode one, I give Ridley Scott shit because I'm like, dude, you made the first movie. You know how these characters and how this situation is supposed to kind of interact with each other, how it's supposed to like flow, how it's supposed to deal with each other. And I kind of wanted something a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more epic. Like, like I said before, like with Aliens, we had this big epic story set up. And with Prometheus, we're supposed to set up the entirely big epic story. And it does kind of go kind of epic, but at the end it's just like the chick going off in the spaceship and like, I'm going to find these people, and we're going to do something, and Prometheus 2, we're going to fight aliens and probably die. <laughs> and it just, yeah, you know, it's like it's like kind of a downer, and I understand aliens is supposed to be a downer, because it's, it's, it's a survival uh, horror kind of thing. But, I don't know, it, it, it wasn't a bad movie at all. As far as, like, okay, if Prometheus came out and there was no Aliens movies ever before that, I would have been totally okay with it. It's got really good direction. Ridley Scott is a really great director. It just didn't feel like an Alien movie to me, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. I just I, I kind of took certain things just as they came. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting film. I don't think it's without its flaws, but you know, I, I think those, I, are, I think more those are more due to the, due to the people. You know, like, you know, some, of like some of the characters and stuff like that. Like where I'm kind of like, well, you know, like I, I think I was mentioning it earlier tonight, but like you got a bunch of guys that have like a a map, you know, and the, the little hollow map and everything, and you're kind of like, well, how did you? How did you guys manage to get lost and get killed and separated they and all were so this? Like it's, yeah, I guess <laughs> you know they were just so out of it, man. Um, you know things like that. I mean, but then of course some people nitpick about certain things, and I'm just kind of like, you know what, shut up. You know, like because some stuff I'm kind of like, what's the, what's the black goo? Like, why doesn't she run out of the way of the circular falling ship? And you know things like that, where I'm just kind of like, you know what, maybe she can't fucking run out of the way. Like maybe it's so fucking big that it doesn't matter which way she runs. I don't know. Well, but that's, um, that's the biggest problem know. with prequels, though, is like. We know it's going to happen later on. We know the bad shit's going to happen, and we know it's going to get really bad, really fucking horrible. And when you do a prequel, it's really hard to set it up, because, like, Phantom Menace, you know, I'll give Phantom Menace one thing. Ember Palpatine, he, like, pats Anakin on the back, and he's like, we'll watch your career with future interest. And you know what? That's a really good setup if you don't know what's going to happen. If you do know what's going to happen, it's a horrible setup, because you're like, you're a fucking dick! You know, and prequels are so hard to pull off really well. It's like 
it's a it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Because you have to set up Palpatine. You have to. But when you do, you're like, oh, you're a fucking dick. I know what you're gonna do. So it's it's a really hard line to really do a good prequel. And Prometheus is a prequel, and I understand they had to set it up, but you know, it, like Justin said, it's hard to meet expectations, and I agree with that. And I agree, I may have, I may have like, you know, you know foggy, foggy tinted lenses instead of rose colored tinted lenses, but it's, but it's it's a very fine line. And if you could do that. I haven't seen anybody do a prequel yet that is really awesome. So, I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I think what what you're talking about, though, I think you'd have people that would actually actively argue with you whether or not it's a prequel. I mean, I think some of the problems with Prometheus, and I would ask Justin and Brian this question, is, um, you know, some of the problems with Prometheus is that they they didn't commit to one or the other. You know, they didn't commit to making a non-prequel movie, and they didn't really commit to making a prequel movie, you know, because of all the changes that made. It seemed like they were actively trying to distance themselves from making an Alien prequel. Like, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, do you think, would you definitely say, like, yes, this is an Alien prequel, anybody who says it isn't is a moron? Or would you kind of say, no, they were trying to distance themselves from it, and maybe it could actually be its own kind of franchise or something. Well, I mean, it has obvious connections, whether it's just, you know, Leyland yutani group or, you know, characters connected to uh, the Bishop series androids or whatever. Like, that's the way I look at it. I'm like, well, I guess you could ignore those elements and say, well, it's its, it's, its own movie, so it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, you know... <laughs> If you if you grew up watching all those alien movies, you, you you know it's set in that universe. Like, was I disappointed that we didn't see a really for reals alien at the end? Yeah, I like I was disappointed about that. Like, I I think a good ending would have been seeing just one fully grown alien, or you know whether it's like in the ship with uh, um, David character and that woman or, or whatever. Like, I think I think that's what people expected, and when it didn't get, they were they were disappointed. Like I know I was disappointed about that, but I, I well, like I said, I, I see it as being an alien prequel. And I think I read somewhere uh, on the internet that's like they want to do a series of three films, like based in that time period. So hopefully we'll get two more films and it'll fully explain, you know, the epic origin of the aliens or whatever it's supposed to be. Like hopefully they'll expand further and like maybe with the second movie they'll go more more and more into the universe and then by the third movie maybe we'll get like you know planet of xenomorphs or something i don't know i think you talked about expectations i just like to say i think my original expectation was that it was actually going to be the same planet that the nostromo discovered and since it wasn't like there's a little bit inside me where i was like oh like it's like they tried to sell it as it being the same planet, it seemed like to me, but it really wasn't. It was some other, you know, planet. So I'm kind of like, oh, so all the people that cry about how things don't match up to a prequel, sorry, Tony, but, like, to me, like, that, that negates... No, 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 I'm just saying, like, like if you have a, con- you know, if you say, like, well, wait, the ship can't crash that way because it's supposed to look like this in Alien. I'm like, dude, it's not even the same fucking planet, so it doesn't matter where the ship crashes, it doesn't matter who does what, you know, like, it's a prequel sort of in name only, in a way, so I guess to me that was slightly disappointing, but also it it definitely 
left a way easy out for any other writer. That just brings up the visuals, though, because the space jockey appears the same way in the Aliens movie. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but it's not the same planet, so it doesn't matter if it appears the same or if he's like doing cartwheels <laughs> at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, like, it doesn't matter because like, it's not even the same. It's not the same planet, it's you know. Kinda, so it's kind of like, like, like a false like, lead-in, you know. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like that is disappointing that it's a false lead-in, but ultimately, like if you just look at the, the sort of the sort of facts, is you know, it's on. I, I don't remember what the number is, but it's like when you open up the movie, it's like this is on LV, you know, nine hundred thirty-seven, and I'm like, well, wait, that's not LV four two six or wherever you know, you know, Newt and Ripley and the Nostromo hung out. You know, it's like it's not even the same place. So they could they could do like two more movies, and by the end of the third movie. Like David and Naomi Rapapace and like an engineer could all be like super buddies and stuff, and then he throws them out of the spaceship at the last minute and crashes on another planet. Well, yeah, you know, and, and then it then it's totally sinks up, you know. Like, but, but, like that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's kind of like the easy cop out where like you know Palpatine walks by and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna pat you on the shoulder. I don't know who the fuck you are, but you're gonna be Darth Vader. I like you." You know, it's just I mean, again, like I said, it's. It's not about the fact that a prequel has had it up perfectly. It's just it's hard to do a prequel. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, I I give that even to George Lucas. I mean, you know, he had to fucking deal with shit 15 years ago at the start of Phantom Menace. They had to tie together, and yeah, he fucked shit up. Okay, whatever. He's human. It's really hard to do something where you get a massively huge franchise and you have to make everything tie up to get to that at one point to where it makes sense. So I mean I'm not I'm not mad at Prometheus. Again, it's a really nice looking film. Cinematography is really good. The story doesn't really have a lot of like holes in the, you know, water balloon where it leaks all over the place. It's not the worst film ever made. It's a good, you know, action flick is a good, you know, think about this shit flick. But at the same time, you know, it's like, it's kind of like Alien 3 with me. Like, where Alien 3 was really shitty, Prometheus was like that middle film that Alien 3 should have been. You know, it was like a little bit better than Alien 3. Had a little bit more cohesiveness, was was more sensical, but still just kind of under the bar, you know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, there, there definitely was like some studio kind of interference, or, or definitely a lot of different cooks in the kitchen. You know, adding Ridley Scott to the mix changed things. Adding, adding, you know, Damon Lindelhoff or whatever Lost. from Lost that definitely changed a lot of things and stuff like that. Like, I, I just was curious because we never heard Brian, from you, Brian. Like, what do you think about it? Like, do you tend to think of it as a prequel? Do you, do you, do you, were there things that you liked about it or disliked about it? Does anything hurt your head or? Um. You know. I really enjoyed it. I think I went in just basically expecting another story set in the same universe. Uh, so I wasn't disappointed that, you know, there wasn't alien aliens in it. Um, and to me, the movie kind of seems sort of like it has like a maybe like a slippery time period, like where it could really like happen concurrently with other alien stories just in a different part of the universe or something, you know? I don't think yeah, it has right. to set itself up it's as a prequel, like, like, oh, this oh, happened this first, ha- and that's why, why such and such, such happened, happened, happened in Alien or whatever. You know, it's just right. it's just another story, another story in the same in- universe. 
That's probably a better way to look at it. I'll, I'll give you that. It, it allowed me to I'll enjoy it. Um, um, kind of when they're, you know, you see the like hologram replay of those dudes running down the hallway to their death. <laughs> like that's the moment I thought we're like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be, you know, alien aliens that come and kill these guys. But right, you right. know, after that point, I'm like, uh, I'm probably not going to see an alien, and I was cool with it. So my understanding is that Tony Jackson wanted to talk about gorilla alien action figures. <laughs> So we 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 may we may transition into that, um, and then uh, yeah. I w- what about gorilla alien action? I know Kenner had an alien action figure line, and I think one of them was a gorilla alien. Um, I know we've gone really long on this podcast tonight, so I will sum this up really quickly. Uh, aliens was a huge movie, and it had actually spawned a toy line at some point from Kenner, like uh, Derek said. And unlike Alien 3, they did a whole mess of, like, weird-ass aliens. Snake aliens, gorilla aliens, panther aliens. aliens. Yeah. Just weird-ass shit. And they also did the Colonial Marines. Uh, one of my favorite was Atax, which was a guy who donned alien armor, which meant he put on stilts and some claws <laughs> and, like, a headdress to look like an alien. Um, actually, I really like the Aliens uh, figures, and when I was younger, I didn't collect them, but I wish I had, because they actually looked really cool. Um, it was really not very articulated. It was, like, not McFarlane or Rebel Tech. They, they were they were Kenner figures. They were more like Star Wars figures, yeah, yeah, you know? They, yeah. they had the, the five basic points of articulation, you know, what neck, arm, and, and leg swivel. Yeah, right? yeah, but they were really really detailed. They were really nice looking. They had, like, action features, too. I think, like, uh, the Cobra Alien could strike, and the Gorilla Alien had, like, a swiping attack. I mean, it wasn't anything revolutionary, but I mean, Aliens figures, come on. Aliens action figures, yeah. that was pretty badass. Yeah, I had a bunch Well, I think, I think that was kind of in the heyday of Aliens versus Predator, too, so there were lots of those. I'm not sure, but I think the Predator, uh, figure line was actually released in conjunction with it, because there's a small yeah. Predator line with that, right? Yeah, because yeah, like they, they had a two-pack where it was Aliens versus Predator, and then there were a couple more yeah. Predator toys as well. My favorite was the Exploding Alien. <laughs> Scorpion Alien, that was it, yeah, wasn't it? he was cool. There was one, so there was one that could spit water, if, but I don't remember its name. So if uh, Exploding Ghost Rider from Toy Biz and Exploding Scorpion <laughs> Alien from Kenner had a contest, like, who would who would explode better? The alien. Yeah. Okay. It was gold. Awesome. Awesome. So there you have it, fan holes listeners. <laughs> exploding, exploding Scorpion Alien wins. Scorpion wins. Flawless victory. If you ever want, by the way, and I'll let it go after this because I'm probably the only person who knows about the alien toys as much as Derek, there's a toy called the AVAC Fighter. If you ever want a toy to capture your six-inch figures, the AVAC fighter is the perfect one because it's a jet that has a giant uh, half-cylindrical uh, 
like containment unit on the back. It can actually hold like spawn figures, which if you play with your toys, which I never do, totally buy that. Pretty cool. Now, now I have visions of me like capturing and destroying, you know, spawn and chapel and Dutch, <laughs> you know, taking them out into the wilderness and never seeing them ever again. Oh, and the, the great thing is you could drop this the the tube just off in the middle of nowhere for containment. <laughs> Yes, well, a buddy of mine had, like, all of these alien figures. Like, he had all, all the alien figures, all the Predators, and all the Terminator 2 figures. So we would have, like, a giant alien-predator-terminator war. Like, he even had, like, the uh, uh, Ripley's loader suit that she wears and the Terminator set where you could, like, put skin on an endoskeleton. So nice. we had, like, giant crossovers, which... I'm sure our 12-year-old crossover battles were far superior than the Alien vs. Predator vs. Well, well, didn't like, the Ripley suit have, like, spring <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was actually just... Shot, shot shit? You could shoot missiles and shit? Sorry, Tony. I, I was just thinking that, Justin. Because that, that crossover, that uh, <laughs> Alien Predator Terminator <laughs> thing, awful. <laughs> Worst movie franchise ever. Well, you'd think, like, teaming up all those different guys would be, like, all kinds of awesome, but that's got to be, like, one of the worst comic books I've ever read. So. All right. Did you ever have any of those, Brian? Any of the Aliens toys? No, I've never had any of the toys, unfortunately. Like, I know, Justin, you were saying how you enjoyed reading the, you know, the kind of team-ups, or I guess team-ups. It's not like Batman Brave and the Bold, where it's like, come on, Alien, <laughs> let's go fight crime. No, it's like uh, versus type stuff, where, uh, you know, Bernie Wrightson did the Batman Alien stuff, and uh, I think it was like Kevin Kevin Nolan and Dan Jurgens did like the Superman Alien stuff or whatever. Yeah, I've read, I think I've read most of that uh, Batman versus Aliens crossovers. There were like, were there two or three? Uh, I, if, if I recall correctly, like I've only read the, I, I remember, I think I read the first one cause that was, had art by Bernie Wrightson, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't remember about the rest of them. Like I know the predator one, there were like three of them or something. Yeah. Like I always enjoyed those. I remember like when they announced the, uh, Superman versus aliens, when I was like, I had arguments with friends of mine at school. They're like, cause it showed like a close up of like an alien clawing Superman's chest. And he's like, ow, that hurt. And we like debated that hardcore until that comic came out. Cause I was like, what? Like, I was like, there's no way an alien can hurt Superman. Like that's impossible. Like not even assassin. We like debated that hardcore. Well, it was like, at least in that comic, it's like they were on that area with like a red sun, yeah. and he found like another little Kara supergirl, so that was that was a pretty good, it was interesting, like I thought it was an interesting way to, it, it's funny how they, that, that Kara, they never did anything with her, but that would have been an interesting way to introduce her into the regular DC universe, you know, it's like, oh, she was hanging out and is kind of like a little newt version of Kara almost, you know. Was there any video game talk that anybody wanted to do, or should we move on to awesome thing of the week? Thing of the week? Well, sadly, well, me being the video game guy, I've never actually played uh, um, Aliens video game. The only thing I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, because I, I can't remember too much, but I remember I enjoyed uh, playing that PlayStation 1 game for Aliens, because it's, it's kind of like a Dark Forces-esque game, where you kind of run down the hall and, you know, kind of like a Doom-style Aliens mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Atari, the, Atari Jaguar too, which is sad. Yeah, maybe. I I mean, you know, I I don't think the graphics are like you know outstanding or anything, but I I remember enjoying that. Um, and then I think there's like 
a lot of other kind of I don't know. I know there's a PlayStation 3 game for like Colonial Marines, but obviously I've not checked that out at all. I remember renting the uh, Alien 3 NES game quite often and never getting anywhere with it and always feel like I wasted, you know, not only a weekend but like a game <laughs> choice because I can like I could save like a few people from like being, you know, killed by the aliens, but I could never like do anything or fight any bosses or anything. Like I just I don't know why I kept going back and playing it. I was like, okay, this time I know what to do. No. <laughs> like, it always felt like, you know how, like, on Metroid for NES, you would always, like, backtrack and you're going here and there. Like, that's what it felt like, only I'd never accomplished anything. <laughs> so I guess I guess yeah, Alien 3, just like the just movie, like the movie <laughs> the video game is not, yes. not too hot. Actually, uh, but, uh, the Alien, uh, Alien's console, uh, not console, but an arcade game from Konami is really good, too. Okay. There's, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's 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 tons of games to try out. I mean, and some of them are retro and some of them are current. Yeah. But uh, I guess we're not that expert on the whole gaming situation. But uh, unless anybody has any last, you know, I'll, I'll give, it one last, give it one last open forum for any last thoughts on the whole alien, alien franchise, and then we'll move on to our awesome things of the week. I'm ready for awesome things. I like Prometheus, and Tony is wrong. <laughs> I agree with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the black goo is Scientology goodness it's the building blocks of life anybody who didn't get that moron um, we're going to have to like so. the only thing the to do is going to be a yellow ranger now <laughs> the only thing to do now is to nuke Tony from orbit it's the only way to be sure <laughs> No, I, I think I think there's plenty of people that were not too happy, not too happy yeah. with Prometheus. So I'm sure we'll have some, we'll have some uh, uh, people on Tony's side as well. Uh, um, so yeah, I guess we're all ready for awesome thing of the yeah. week now. Uh, Tony seemed pretty excited, kinda so curious. I'm kind of curious what his awesome thing of the week is. Um, my awesome thing of the week. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Did the top ten this week? Finish it up. Uh, a lot of people have given this trailer shit, they're, like, not, you know, enthused about it, but I really am excited to see Star Trek in the Darkness. Uh, Abrams Abram has proved himself on the first movie, it's coming out in not even two weeks. I'm I'm really excited for it. I like how he does the characters, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Khan, or Shippy Shoe Doo Wop, or whatever, and, you know, it just... It, yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to be shippy shoo-doo-wa. That's what I, I I have good money on that. Yeah. But I I think it looks pretty good. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, everyone apologize for Prometheus. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Star Trek in the Darkness. I mean, crappy title, but hey, title doesn't mean everything. So I I'd say I'm definitely feeling the hype at least. I mean, yep. I did pick up the the PS3 game for Star Trek, so I'm, I'm definitely kind of you know in that mood. So I can I can see why you're excited. I, I'm not excited at all, to be honest. Like I don't know why. Like I was reading the um, Countdown to Darkness, you know, the IDW comic, and I was like, Ah, uh, yeah. I was like, I didn't. I mean, I liked it, but I, it didn't. Kind of like Derek said, it didn't hype me as much as the previous prequel comic. But like I I imagine that like you know the week. The movie's gonna come out like it'll probably hit me, and I'll be like, "Oh man, is this Star Trek movie? I can't wait!" But like right now, I'm just like, "Meh." 
Yeah. Well, I, that, that, that prequel uh, series to Into Darkness wasn't as good as the, the countdown yeah. Into Darkness was not as good as Star Trek Countdown. And I, I, I keep thinking of those, you know, like, because whenever I read something like that and it's awesome, then I usually enjoy the movie. And when I read yeah, something like that awful. and it's awful, the movie's usually awful. So, you know, but this was just kind of average. So who knows? Maybe the movie will just turn out to be, you know, kind of average. But uh, we'll, I guess we'll see. But what about you, Justin? What's your what's your awesome thing this week? Um, I watched the movie Oblivion, which is not based on the video game. Um, okay, I really want to I want really want to hear how this sounds because I really hate the trailers. This is a good movie. Um, like I've only I only saw the trailers like twice. Like I just decided to see it because it was a sci-fi film and I hadn't seen a movie in a while. Um, I enjoyed it. Um. Let me see if I can describe it this way. It's like if you had a movie that was like set in the Forbidden Zone of Planet of the Apes and you mixed in a little bit of Vanilla Sky and you took the ending from Independence Day, like that's Oblivion starring Tom Cruise. Wow. Okay. That's – wow, Vanilla Sky. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, no, no, so, the, so Randy Quaid saves the day. <laughs> the, uh, the Vanilla Sky thing, it's like – uh, it's kind of like if you've seen that movie, it's like you know, it's kind of like the Tom Grease's dream or whatever. Like, sorry, ten-year-old spoilers or whatever. But um, <laughs> I like I saw I saw that movie like in theaters when it came out, and as soon as I left the theater with my friend, he was like totally confused. He was like, "Wait, so it was a dream or something? Like he killed himself? I don't get it." And then like I saw Oblivion with the same friend, and he was like, "Um." I don't get this film either, and it also has Tom Cruise. Is this guy too? And I was sitting there watching this, and I was like, this does have like a lot of like weird, like, what is real? Is this a dream? Like, am I real? Like, it does have a lot of elements like that, so that's why. I heard it has really awesome effects, though. The special effects are good. The um, the music is actually really good, too. It's like the score, um, it kind of reminded me of like the score to like an 80s science fiction film if that makes sense like it sounded like kind of a lot of like you know sympathizers and stuff like that like you know I, I like it sold me on that right now because I'm like yeah. going there spending Highlander with spaceships yeah um, but there are some there are some trippy elements like I said it's it's not something you can like fiddle with your phone with and like just half ass pay attention like you you need to watch it because if you don't you'll you'll miss certain like hints and visual clues to like figure out the ending but I, oh, I like yeah. it. Let's put it this way, Justin. Did you pay for matinee or nighttime show? Um, this was a nighttime show. Yeah, but Justin, Justin yeah, has the awesome movie theater where it's like only like uh, a nickel to go watch a movie. <laughs> or whatever. Well, it, it was actually three seventy-five, Derek. <laughs> well, compared to like if you, if you do the if, if if you if you do the ratio like to, to California movie prices, it's like you're paying a nickel. So yeah. I, I live like three states below him, and it's like nine bucks for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, everyone come visit me, and I'll buy you a movie ticket. Boot. <laughs> Yeah, one of these days we're gonna all take you up on it. There's gonna be like, uh, you know, like at least enough of us to get one California movie <laughs> ticket. I'll tell you what, I've did that before. Like I've, I'm, you know, th- you know, this is like getting off subject or whatever. But um, 
and this will probably show like kind of my stupidity sometimes and like over enthusiasm, but I was the only person among my group of friends who was excited for the Speed Racer movie. I know, go ahead and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad. Dude, I don't know. Like I'd be excited to if see I a lot of action. If I saw three bugs, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But uh but I was the only one among my friends like I love Speed Racers. So like I was like, "Oh, look guys, you know, I will pay for all your all's tickets if you'll, you know, just, you know, go to the movies with me." And so we did, and there was like, I think there was like eight or nine of us, and still it was like, you know. Under 30 bucks, you motherfucker. I don't even think it was like $20, to be honest. But yeah, every, everyone was happy racer, I paid for the ticket because that was an awful movie. Go speed racer, go. Yeah. Uh, no wonder you could put on like new masks every week. <laughs> oh, man. That's rad. Um, I'm going to do my awesome thing real quick. I don't know if this is an awesome thing or not, but I, I feel the need. I feel compelled to share this with our listening audience. Um, I picked up the DC Direct Dr. Manhattan 1x6 scale action figure. Uh, the reason why I did this was because I've been getting those DC, I guess, universe classic style you know, club black freighter figures, and, you know, they're the six-inch line figures that kind of go with, you know, Superman, Batman, and all that kind of stuff. Um, hey, Derek, but uh, I thought... In, in stupid people terms, one by six, how tall is that in inches? Uh, it is about maybe 12 inches tall. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's big. So so my, my thought was, you know, it, it, basically it's almost like two Apache Chiefs or something, you know, like Collect Connect guys or whatever, you know, and I was just thinking, oh, well, if, if I get that scale figure, you know, I could recreate the awesome scene of, you know, him going, Adrian, I totally am disappointed in you, and he smashes through the window and everything. Like, I was thinking, oh, I can have, like, a huge Dr. Manhattan that, you know, chases after Ozzy Mendias or whatever. Um, and that's, that's all I was really thinking. Um, so I, and, and the reason why I guess it's awesome was I, I know this podcast will air way later, so it probably won't be on sale or even available anymore, but normally th- that kind of figure, I guess, is supposed to be like 80 or 90 bucks or something ridiculous. Um, it was about like 26 bucks on Amazon. It was on sale or something. So I said, Hey, you know, like on, on eBay and all these other places, it was like 80 or 90 bucks, but on Amazon, it was like 26 bucks. So I said, well, I won't. I was like, I, I don't want to pay 90 bucks for it, but I'll pay 26 bucks for it. So I did. Um, it came, and it, it's actually more of a. It, it almost looks very doll-like because it comes dressed. So, so like, like Doctor Manhattan has his suit on. Um, and the reason why I felt the need to share this with with the listeners is because this is the most weirdest homoerotic toy I've ever bought in my is life. And the top like, correct. No, no, he's got underwear, but I can't describe to you the oddness of getting an action figure. And the only reason why I bought it was to recreate that scene. You know, I want to see Dr. Manhattan, you know, in his Speedo, you know, <laughs> laying into, to, you know, Ozymandias or whatever. So I didn't really buy it for him to be an eight-foot-tall, you know, dude in a suit. I bought it for him to be, you know, the superhero Dr. Manhattan, eight-foot-tall, going after Viet Cong and, you know, blowing him up and all that kind all right, of stuff. So I... Shit, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So I, I get this toy, and he's all dressed in a suit. And so, of course, I'm like, okay, so I guess i got to undress him now, which already feels kind of weird. Flesh and so you're sitting there. 
No, no, you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, so, and it, it's a very intricate figure. Like, he is definitely dressed up. So, like, when you take off his tie, like, it's a little tie. Like, you actually have to, like, <laughs> loosen up the knot and take it off the top of his head. And there are buttons on the shirt and everything. So you have to basically so get Dr. Manhattan ready for school. Yeah, well, get ready for something. I don't know if it's school, oh, but, yeah. you know. So, you know, and so, like, I'm sitting there, like, trying to take, you know, the, the, the jacket off and the shirt off and everything. And then it comes time to unbuckle the pants. And I'm just kind of like, I feel, like, so wrong, you know. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to do this because it's, like, a really, like, you know, it's it's a 12-inch figure. It's huge compared to – Yeah, I know. It's huge compared to, to other toys and stuff. But it, the belt buckle is still – extremely tiny so i'm sitting there with an exacto knife trying to figure out okay are you serious yeah yeah and i'm like i have to pull it off and everything okay so finally i i get i get the tie off i get the jacket off i get the shirt off i get the pants off right now i've got this pretty much naked dr manhattan in a speedo but he's still got his fucking shoes on (laughs) these plastic shoes were the hardest fucking things in the world. Like, it's not like regular shoes where, like, you can just untie the laces and they, like, slide right off. No, I'm sitting there trying to untie the laces with this X-Acto knife, and it still won't come yeah, off. And I'm like, I'm... Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to, like, break the guy's foot or something. So I'm sitting there messing around with it, and I, like, I finally I just started sticking the X-Acto knife in the, the like, like, a shoehorn or something, and I'm, like, fiddling around with the shoe, and eventually they finally came off. So basically, but it's like, I turned swear. into your, like, 98-year-old grandpa. I know. It's, I'm just like, dude, like, this is... Anyway, so so basically, this is the, the, kind of the most ridiculous experience ever. But uh, I guess eventually I should be able to recreate the uh, the awesome Watchmen scene. But I thought that might be amusing for people to listen to for whatever. Hours you can. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but um, yeah. So that I guess is my awesome or not so awesome thing of the week because it was a pain in the ass to take <laughs> off those uh, those shoes. Like my neck hurt after that. So anyway. Um, so, it's awesome in so many different ways. It awesome. Yeah, it's, it's eerily awesome. Um, and, and I felt creepy for taking off Dr. Manhattan's clothes. Yeah, I was um, on Delta so, before the shoes. <laughs> uh, see, now I can just roll those clothes up on the ball and pretend like I never saw them in the first place. So. But um, anyway, sorry about that, Brian. So uh, I, I know you're going to have a hard time. Uh, you know, but what's your awesome thing of the week? Well, how can I top that? Uh, <laughs> Did you I take off shoes, Brian? I got a toy this week, too, but it doesn't come with pants. <laughs> I feel like I got ripped off. Um, no, I've been on the hunt for quite a while, and Derek's joined me in this hunt to find uh, the new Archangel from the Hitmonkey series of Marvel Legends. And basically, I mean, I've never seen any figure from this wave in the stores. Yeah, so I kind of broke down and got him off eBay for like 30 bucks. I think he's like 35 with shipping. But anyways, that came this week, and it's a really rad figure, and I'm glad I broke down and got it. But yeah, no pants, so. That's cool. I'm glad you, I mean, you know, I know you had to sort of chill out like aftermarket prices or whatever, but like, yeah, I 
I have not seen that at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that whole, like what you're saying, that kind of wave, or even if I go to like specialty shops or comics, I never came, like I've seen like, I think like the protector and some of those guys, like, but I haven't, I haven't seen Archangel at all. Yeah, so. he's a really he's cool a figure, figure, really sturdy. Um, uh, I actually noticed with this wave, they've changed the way that they do the like hip joints and the legs. It's actually like a ball joint, so you can snap the legs off real easy. So I think you might actually appreciate these figures a little bit better, too, because they don't have that, you know, kind of janky Marvel Legend hip anymore. Mm, okay. Hey, uh, Derek. Yeah. Next time, buy your figure dinner first. It might be easier to get the clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Eat up, Doc. It's time to take those shoes off. I need some wine glasses for a 12-inch figure. <laughs> Dude, I'm, Dude I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to buy, like, uh, seven of those Dr. Manhattan figures and do all kinds of kinky Alan Moore shit. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, by the way, you can send your angry emails to fanholdspodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to answer any kind of, like, erotic Dr. Manhattan questions. You yes, 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 we will. We will. Oh. If you want to know more about Blue Dongs, please email <laughs> For the love of God, Derek, take us home, sir. At gmail.com. I guess if anybody's still listening by this point, um, I just want to give some thank yous to uh, folks that have been uh, submitting iTunes reviews. Uh, We totally appreciate the iTunes reviews. Uh, Apparently, good things happen when you are reviewed on iTunes where you, you know, get bumped up in, in, uh, you know, playlists and people can totally check those out and um i think we we had a really nice write-up from we we had a really nice write-up from boove um who also does rpg blogs on our site um and and uh i'm gonna look up the other two reviews because i don't remember the screen names off the top of my head but but i just want to give shouts out to the people who uh who left us those reviews. Uh, we got a B. Henson who left us one, but, uh, you know, Boove writes, uh, Fanholes is a pop culture podcast that covers a wide variety of topics, comics, movies, TV shows, old, new, adult, kids, anime, manga, video games, books, and yes, toys, exclamation mark. The guys will talk about a few given topics and express their opinions, and no, they don't always agree. Yeah, Prometheus sucks. Um, while the podcast... Uh, do sometimes run long over two hours like this one uh let's see more uh they are always entertaining so it's cool because we're entertaining while i'll profess not to know everything they talk about i enjoy their witty banner back and forth if you're a fan of toys comics or anything else give them a try um and then we've got one that says best podcast ever um Oh, and, and Boo had, had written the title as uh, Honorable Mentions to My Super Secret Brothers. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, uh, B. Henson wrote, Best period, podcast period, ever, period. Um, it says, if you like movies, if you like comics, if you like books, if you like TV, dot, dot, dot. If you like all of those things and want to hear some guys make you laugh while talking about it, listen to Fan Holes. And then uh, our last, uh, let's see here. Our last one says uh, is from LW0056. Uh, uh, really enjoy it. Exclamation mark. Great, great banner and varying opinions keep things interesting. As a child of the 80s and a self-described pop culture nerd, this podcast is just the thing to make the work community cardio go by a bit less painlessly. Subscribe. So Thanks, dude. So thanks. 
Yeah, all thanks to all those uh, iTunes, iTunes reviews. Uh, um, yeah. If you guys have iTunes and you're listening to this, keep them coming because we totally appreciate that. Um, you know, the regular guys who always like our uh, posts on Facebook, you know, Jan, uh, uh, Boo, my dad, uh, Misky. Misty Caps is always giving us likes, so thank you all to those folks. And then uh, I guess until next time, uh, this is going to be Derek. Derek, you sign it off. Sign it off. Hey, this is hey, Brian Breakdown, Brian and I love and I love its toys, but I don't love them that much. This is the fully clothed Justin Grimlock. This is Tony Iggy Tanklaw. I'm sorry, I'm dealing with some shoelaces right now. Bruce. <laughs> I've never really done anything outside the movies, but I was hoping some of you had played the video games. Maybe you could maybe recommend correct. something. I have played uh, Capcom Aliens vs. Predator, which was awesome. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is a good game. Like the, the I, I remember I played that because I think, I think Mike, Mike mentioned it when we were doing the Predator thing, and I had never heard of it. So it's it's pretty much just like... Side-scrolling the, uh, the fuck out of everything, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the Turtles game. The one for Super? I don't know if it was on Super Nintendo or not. I know it was an arcade console. Save it for the show.